Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It is 10 o'clock. It is time for 10 with Tim. Start of a new week. Uh, gosh, what is it? December 11th? How is it December 11th? Did we do all of November? Uh, what happened to October? <laughs> what happened to this whole year? I, I guess that's getting old. Is that what getting old is? It, it, time just flies. And our time in the words just flies. Yeah, you know, I, I just, you know, I look back at where we've been and how long we've been doing this. And it's, it's, it's all joy. Uh, and I love every minute of it. But my goodness, how quickly the minutes go by, how quickly uh, days go by. Oh, my. Um, God bless all of you. Jan uh, Reynolds, gosh, you're with us every day. I know you've been so sick. God bless you. I hope you get to feeling better. Linda Clark, God bless you. We love you. Linda's husband, Bobby, died last week. Uh, we'll be buried this week. Uh, Linda, we love you. God bless you. God bless you uh, and Bobby both. Uh, love you. Love you both. I'll never know uh, as many, very many men as good as Bobby Clark, and I'm going to miss him a lot. Uh, Hosea chapters 5 and 6. Let's just jump into the Word today. I love all of you. I really do. Uh, I, I know that it's the oddest kind of connection, and I guess some people would think you, you can't feel connected to people that you know online, but I think you and I know something different. Uh, and even as a pastor, you know, wishing everybody just come on into church, and I still wish everybody just come on into church, but I do recognize that, uh, that these online connections are real, and we can uh, do some real important spiritual work together uh, through uh, these, uh, these types of media. So God bless all of you. Uh, Hosea chapter 5. Let's jump in. Uh, the, the chapters begin with uh, a kind of continuation. Remember the end last week, the end of chapter 4 was concerned with the priest, and we talked about Hosea's words against the priest. We sort of pick up right there at the beginning of chapter 5 with the word against priest, uh, the royal family, uh, and basically state administrators. Uh, Essentially, all of the institutions of Israel's government leadership here are singled out, are, are called out. And the word is, judgment is being handed down against you. The irony there, of course, is that these are the very institutions in Jewish life that are intended to bring justice. And so, you know, justice, judgment is coming upon those who are typically the ones on the other side of, of bringing justice. Does that make sense? Um, it's a very harsh word. And, uh, and again, I think we're surprised sometimes at how very political the prophets become. I mean, I mean they're talking about government. Um, and I think that's strange because in our day and age, you know, we have such a separation of church and state, which, you know, I, I think is supposed to guarantee the freedom of religion and religious practice in the United States. But but my, that same sort of wall of separation often keeps us as citizens, believing citizens, from speaking out critically, you know, against and, and, and in, uh, in, in reference to our government, calling them to their divine purpose and mandate. Jose is not afraid to do that at all, um, and so he, he lays right into it. Um, now, the thing about Jose, and, and I love, uh, is that his, uh, he, he calls them out. I mean, we talked about it last week. He'll continue to say things like, my people don't know the Lord. And, and here, you know, talking to the leaders, he, he brings those kinds of, of allegations. Of Verse 4, your deeds won't let you return to the Lord. You're a prostitute through and through, and you don't know the Lord. Again, he's, he's talking about Israel, about Ephraim, but he's speaking specifically to the leaders. You don't know the Lord. Now, I guarantee you they would say they do. But Jose doesn't begin from the starting place of what they say. Jose starts from the starting place of what they do. 
And can I just say to you, that is the starting place. Jesus says, you know, they'll know you by your fruit. You know, not they'll know you by your words, they'll know you by your fruit. In other words, what comes out of your life, not just what comes out of your mouth. Make no mistake, Jesus cares a lot about what comes out of your mouth, but ultimately what comes out of your mouth comes out of you because it's in you. And if it's in you, it's going to be also expressed in your actions. And often your actions give a truer picture of what's in your heart than your words because I mean, I guess we can lie in both our words and our actions, but ultimately, if you watch a person long enough, you'll probably get a sense of what direction their life is headed, you know? And it's that the direction that he calls out here again with the leaders. You have led the people into a snare. Uh, Jose really likes these uh, animal hunting and uh, sort of entrapment kind of images and, and honestly, let me just say, these early verses in chapter 5 are some of his uh, richest, you know, just poetry. It's, 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 it's amazing, and he's, he's an astounding writer, astounding poet. Um, you've led the people into a snare. Now, as I said, if you ask them, they'd say, well, that is, that's not what we meant to do. That's not what we did at all. But, but, but that's, that's where they ended up. If you're leading them and they end up in a hole in the ground, then guess who led them into the hole in the ground? If you're responsible for justice and there is no justice, then guess who is responsible? You know, you know what I mean? If you're going to lead, then you're going to be held accountable. And you're going to have to answer for how the folks fare who are influenced by your leadership. And I say this with fear in my own heart. I'm a leader. I'm not the president of nothing. You know, I'm not the leader of a, of a mega church, but I guess in Woodburn terms, if you've been to Woodburn, Woodburn's not a mega city either, you know. So uh, it doesn't matter the, the size. Uh, if, you, if you have one person under your influence, that's a responsibility. You, you are a leader and I, I have a flock under my care, and, and it doesn't matter what I mean to do. It doesn't matter what I say I'm going to do. What really matters is how the people under my leadership, how they fare, you know, and ultimately where they end up because I've led them there. And again, I, I say that with all the fear and humility in my heart, and I probably need a little more of both on most days, to be honest, but, but I really care about about, about my responsibility to the lead and, and, and where people end up. If you're reading the Bible with me, I know it's just 10 minutes a day and it doesn't seem like much, but, but I'm going to have some influence on your life. I, I'm speaking into your life and you're allowing me to, uh, to guide you in Scripture. I, I, that's a responsibility you know, for me. And, and I read these sorts of verses, these sorts of chapters with, with, with that kind of uh, reverent fear. Uh, I, I'll, I'll just continue. You've left me as a prostitute leaves her husband. Again, Jose doesn't continue to go, to go into his backstory with Gomer and his, you know, all of her mess and unfaithfulness. But, but that imagery, that metaphor continues to play out in his preaching. You've left me as a prostitute. One of Jose's favorite phrases is spirit of harlotry. And it may not always come out in your translation, but in the Hebrew, it's very prominent. And Jose ref, re, re, returns to it over and over and over. The people have this spirit of harlotry. Harlot sounds like a, 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 because we don't use that word, it sounds like a, a, a cleaner, more polite word than what it actually means. It, it doesn't mean anything clean and polite, so don't think you're being complimented when the Lord says you have a spirit of, 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 of harlotry. You're prostitute through and through, verse 4. Uh, verse 6, when they come with their flocks and their herds to offer sacrifices to the Lord, they'll not find him because he's withdrawn from them. It's a very simple biblical principle, but it's a fundamental principle. Sin brings separation. 
It is your sin that separates you from God. And, and ultimately, we know only the gospel, only the sacrifice of Jesus can completely close that gap. But, I mean, Scripture makes it clear, you know, sin in your life will block your praying. Sin in your life will block the flow of God's blessings in and out of your life. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, 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 you know, it, it's a fundamental spiritual principle. Sin is your problem. It's always your problem. It's the problem behind your other problems. But, but as this passage bears out, most of the people don't think of themselves as sinners, and it's still our problem. Most of us don't think of ourselves as sinners, and so therefore we go about, you know, trying to fix our problems, but we're never actually going to fix anything until we address the problem behind the problems, which is sin. Sin brings separation. Man, they're going to be religious, you know, the Lord says. They're going to be showing up at the temple making sacrifices and singing songs and crying to rivers of tears, but they're not going to find me, you know, because uh, sin brings that kind of separation. Now, notice the end of chapter five. I need to move quickly. As soon as trouble comes, they'll earnestly search for me. I mean, that's God speaking there. As soon as trouble comes, I mean, you can, you can set your watch by them, man. If, if they get in a bad time, they're going to be crying out to God. Now, it takes trouble, you know, as long as your sin doesn't find you out, you know, and as long as, you know, it, everything's going your way, you don't actually probably ever repent. You know, it, it's when the marriage fails. It's when people find out. It's when consequences start rolling in. And all of a sudden, man, you are the most repentant people on earth. That's what the Lord says uh, to the people. And so sure enough, man, like I said, you can set your watch by them. Chapter six, verse one, man, what happens? The people speak here. Hosea employs this uh, poetic sort of uh, uh, device here where God speaks, the so people speak, and then God answers one more time. This is where the people answer like, like, oh, wow, thanks for reminding us. We'd love to return to you now. You know, Come, let us return to the Lord. He's torn us to pieces. Uh, Hosea uses that imagery of the Lord like a lion devouring his people, you know, which is terrifying and, and, and sobering as a thought. Uh, now he'll heal us. You know, he, he was the lion, but now he's going to be a pussycat. He's going to heal us now, you know. He's injured us, but, oh, watch him now. He's going to bandage our wounds, you know. Notice this presumption. Now, again, it, it sounds right. It sounds right. And honestly, when I was reading this first time through, I'm thinking, well, well praise the Lord. It's a revival. They're coming home. But uh, they may have fooled me, but they don't fool the Lord. They, they don't. Verse 4 your love vanishes like morning mist. It disappears like the dew in sunlight. You know, I mean, God is not falling for their mess, you know? I mean, it's a fake revival. It's a fake return. And the Lord says, what are you talking about? You know, returning to me. You're returning to me because you're in trouble. You're calling out to me because, you know, it's all about to fall in on your head. And as soon as the trouble blows over, so will your humility. So will your repentance. As soon as you're out of trouble, you are out of here, you know? So the Lord doesn't fall for it at all. And chapter 6 sort of tells that story of the, of the failed return and, and therefore the, uh, the failed relationship. Their unfaithfulness goes on. Uh, again, it's that image of the unfaithful partner, the unfaithful spouse, uh, the unfaithful one who continues to leave the faithful spouse. That's the, the driving image in the, in the preaching of Hosea. We'll pick up right here tomorrow. Let's just do one chapter for tomorrow. Chapter 7, 16 verses. I'm going easy on you, y'all, uh, just for tomorrow, chapter 7. It's Monday. I can't really say it's my whole day off. I got, I got 
uh, work to do today. But I love you all, and uh, and and I appreciate you so much. Um, I do I have worked this week in some heavy things. Will you pray for me? Uh, pray for uh, my wife, Casey. Uh, and just uh, pray for our church. Uh, like I say, just carrying some burdens right now. I'll be honest enough with you. So uh, pray for me. The Lord's going to be good, and the Lord's going to going to uh, uh, continue to make me strong and give me peace. But uh, like I say, it's going to be a hard week, and uh, and I love you guys enough to ask you to pray for me. I promise I'm praying for you. And uh, Lord willing, I'll see you in the morning uh, at 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. Love you guys so much. Have a good Monday.